should we get the feedback? Yeah, I have not even seen any of them yet. I haven't read any either. Okay. So, our first one is from Harold. Harold! Yay! Uh, it's just like we're back. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. So, Harold says, just the subject is what I've been watching. And he says, it was so good to hear you two again. Back to giggle through my eye, my earpods. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says, there are so many great shows out there, and I have watched way too many of them. I'm going to try and keep my list relatively brief, but each one of these is an A or A- minus in my book, and are worth checking out if they sound at all interesting to you. I will start with some Hulu shows. I recently got a free year for getting a digital newspaper subscription, and I've been trying to get out a lot of shows that I've heard about or was mentioned and got stuck in my mind. Uh, the biggest surprise for me has been You're the Worst, which is an FX show and is about to go into its fifth and final season. The first have you heard three, of this? I have never even heard of this show. I don't think I have either. <laughs> uh, the first three seasons are currently on Hulu, and I highly recommend it. It's a half-hour comedy about two self-centered, rude, and borderline alcoholic people who hook up and develop a relationship. <laughs> the show is very funny, but not safe for work or children. It starts out as a modern rom-com, and then in the second season, it starts getting into the characters' psyches, and it goes places that you don't expect, while still remaining uproariously funny. There are several episodes in season two and three that left me emotionally devastated, but it's still one of the funniest shows on TV. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I honestly have never even heard of the show. Um, nope. But I will probably check it out. Yeah. We do have Hulu now. We do. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I, I subscribed to Hulu and Sue's sharing it with me and it was just funny because I have not even gone on there once. And Sue's been watching all this stuff and she just, she just asked me the other day. I was like, she's like, I just noticed that there's no activity on your account except for me. I'm like, should I make my own profile? I'm like, nope, haven't even checked it out. I've been like watching a ton of stuff on it. I'm glad someone's enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, like you said when we went to my favorite murder, you're like, I've already gone through my free trial and have already paid. <laughs> and I still haven't gone on it. <laughs> Thanks for the free trial. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Harold says, I have never read the book or seen the movie. But I had a general idea of what The Handmaid's Tale was about. But I was not prepared for the experience of watching it now. And he's got now in all caps. It put me in a dark, dark place. Basically, it's a version of America after widespread infertility has occurred and authoritarian religious white right-wing group has staged a coup. They start by prohibiting women from working or having a bank account and anything LBGTQ is blasphemy and it goes on from there. This was produced before the 2016 election, but feels like an alternative <laughs> version of the U.S. Maybe Yikes. if Sue sees this, she will change her mind about Elizabeth Moss. This is her best role and she gives an amazing performance. A lot of it, a lot of it just with her eyes because most of the time she is too cow to express her true feelings. Well, Harold, we will be talking about this later. I was going to say, I have a feeling we will hear Sue's thoughts. <laughs> we absolutely will, but I'm not going to say anything now. <laughs> um, except that I think it's amazeballs. Um, <laughs> to quote Booker. <laughs> um... 
He says, my last Hulu pick is Rick and Morty, a cartoon show about a Doc and Marty ripoff from Back to the Future, and they go on adventures, which are usually dark and not for kids. It's oh, funny. Oh, I've seen that, and I didn't know it was a it was a Doc and Marty ripoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a dark, yeah, it's a Doc and Marty ripoff. I have heard nothing but good about this, and it's on, like, my very very short list when once I saw it was on Hulu just the other day so I'm excited to watch it um he says it's funny and it sends up pretty much every sci-fi tropes you ever thought about and I enjoy it a lot but I don't love this as much as it's passionate fan base yeah it's got a pretty passionate fan base hmm. so I think I've seen little memes and whatnot. I now that I when he said it I could picture it and then when I hear it's about Back to the Future I'm like oh yeah that's totally Doc isn't it yeah yeah I knew it was about Doc and Marty from Back to the Future and I knew it had like some like really clever like I think is is Dan Harmon one of the guys I can't remember like it seems like the people that created it are people that I've like watched other stuff or mm. heard good things yeah so um but yeah I'll be hopefully by the time we do another what we've been watching I've watched some of this by then um, he says, my next two shows I decided to watch because of recommendations on the Red Room podcast and I wanted to pass them along. Uh, the Good Place is an NBC show, but it feels like something made for Netflix, which, by the way, is where you can find season one. Netflix keeps trying to get me to watch this. Yes, and I've got two people who keep recommending this to me, too, in in my life. Um... The idea is that Kristen Bell has died and wakes up in the good place. That's what they call it. They don't use the words heaven or hell. It's told that because of her wonderful life as a human rights lawyer and activist, she has been rewarded and will get to live in the good place in her ideal home and will meet her soulmate. Ted Danson plays the manager and architect of this new neighborhood of the good place. Except she wasn't a human rights lawyer and she knows she doesn't belong there. Can she fake it and stay? Oh, so it's like mistaken identity? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show manages to mix comedy and philosophy and it keeps on introducing new game changers with almost every episode. I'm not sure how long they can keep it up, but the second season just ended and they were able to maintain the quality of the first season. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I've heard this is good. I've got my my friend Mike at work keeps recommending it to me. He says it's like the best show out there that's like currently doing episodes, you know. Huh. No. Um, no. No. He says Sneaky Pete is a show about a con man who gets out of prison and steals the identity of his former cellmate in order to stay a step ahead of a criminal who whom he owes money. He ends up living with his former cellmate's grandparents who hadn't seen him in over 20 years. It stars Giovanni Rubisi and Margot Martindale as the grandmother and Brian Cranston as the big bad. This is a show for anyone who would like to see a gifted swindler constantly squirm out of one high-tension situation after another. The warning that you need, however, is that the pilot was originally made for network TV, and new showrunners took over with the second episode, so you have to watch two episodes before deciding if this is the show for you. The new showrunners came over from Justified, and it has the same Elmore Leonard feel. I've watched everything about Sneaky Pete. I think there's... Is it one season out or is it two seasons? I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it at all. (laughs) And Catherine has watched it too. We've talked about it. Um, Is it on Hulu? It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. So Amazon took over and finished it? I guess so. I didn't realize that. Um, 
because I remember watching the pilot on Amazon Prime, and then and it was one of those like you know how they do that pilot season, and you can like yeah, you can kind of vote on them, kind of something. vote on them. So I remember when it was just one episode, and I watched it, and was like yes, 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 <laughs> and then like a few months later, more episodes came out, and it's great. I love it. But I'm also, I've always liked Giovanni Ribisi, and Margot Martindale is just always so good. And of course, Brian Cranston. I mean, so it's like yeah. a trifecta of great people. And I don't recognize the other two by name, I may, by sight. I don't know. Yeah, Margot Martindale, she's just like, she is. A character actor that just always plays like kind of a white trashy uh-huh. um I, she's she's in justified she's in oh, did you see million dollar baby with like nope. uh, she's in so many things I know you would recognize her and Gio Bonner, recognize Ruby, the name. She, you would recognize him he He's been in a lot of things, too. <laughs> I'll just IMDb right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's Beck's brother-in-law. <laughs> no way. <laughs> like, Beck's married to his sister. Um, his twin sister. Um, but, yeah, Sneaky Pete. Man, I totally forgot. That's one of those shows that, like, I knew I'd watched a bunch of crap since we last recorded. Right. And this is one of them, and it's great. Oh, this is going to happen for like a year of these. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, he says, I really enjoyed The Marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon about an upper-middle-class young Jewish housewife in the 50s who goes into stand comedy. I have never seen an Amy Sherman Palladino shows before, so I can't really compare... But every shot and sequence was so carefully composed and perfectly timed with background music. My only knock is that these characters don't act like the Jewish people that I grew up with in New York. For example, no Jewish person who is worried about the rabbi coming over to break the Yom Kippur fast is going to shop at a butcher shop that sells pork chops. (laughs) Hmm. But I can (laughs) suspend disbelief for the show because it is more magical than realistic. Yeah, boy, there's enough Jewish delis in New York. You'd think. Yeah, and just, you know, us growing up in Utah, we just don't have the experience of... Not a lot of Jews. Jewish people worrying (laughs) about rabbis coming over and shopping for pork chops. (laughs) Or shopping at a place that sells pork chops. That's just... But I've been interested about this show. Yeah, me too. That's definitely on my short list. Yeah. Oh, and I have a friend that every time I see her, she wonders why I haven't yet. She bugs me about it. Not in a bad way, but the, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? Right, right. So, yeah, no, I've been meaning to watch it. So, it's, it's good to get Harold's recommend. That'll definitely up it on my list. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he says two last ones that I think I wrote in about for that episode that got lost, but I can update them now. Oh yeah. We totally have a really lost episode. (laughs) I forgot about that. Um, he says, I just loved season one search party. It's a show about the four young adults who are drifting in their lives until they decide to find their missing college acquaintance. I rewatched it again before season two, and I still think it's perfect. I did not feel that a second season was needed, but they did it, and it was pretty good, although a little different. I definitely recommend that people look this one up. Yeah, Search Party is super good. I saw the first season, and we probably talked about it on the last episode. Probably, yeah, because I watched season one and really liked it too. But I haven't bothered to watch season two yet. Is it Amazon? What platform is it on? Man, I can't even remember how I watched it. 
It's got to be something like that. Or maybe we watched it on HBO? I don't remember. Oh, we'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember how I watched it. Um, And then he says, he ends it with, Finally, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is about to wrap up its third season, which means it will soon be on Netflix. I read that this is the lowest rated show on TV, which is just <laughs> wrong. I don't think the name helps because it sounds like it will be about an angry, stalkery, obsessive woman, which also sounds like a dated, misogynist trope. But this comedy musical show is very funny, has a great cast, does two or three musical sequences a show, and is also very thoughtful about everything it tackles. Give it a try. I have watched a few of the musical numbers, and I... I don't know. It is not for me. That's what I have come to conclude. I don't know if I would ever change my mind, but it doesn't appeal to me at all. I don't know why. Huh. Yeah. I. The girl kind of bugs me. I feel bad saying that. But I don't know. The, the humor and stuff is just. It misses for me. I haven't watched even a minute of it. So, I'll give it a shot and yeah, see. Yeah, you let me know and see what happens. And you know me well enough; you could yeah. probably be like. Although, since it's kind of musically, I'd be surprised if you like it. <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> but a lot of people I respect, like Harold, I respect Harold's opinion, like it. So, I right, don't know. right. And I like musicals. You do, and and I kind of don't. So, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I trust Harold. Uh, I'm gonna let you give it a shot because I've given it. I feel like I've given it somewhat of a shot. So I'm gonna let you, and then you tell me. Okay. Okay. And then I'll decide. That will be my uh, my homework. That's your homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Well, thanks, Harold. It's good Thank to hear God. from you. Yes. You missed us and we missed you. We did. We missed you too. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. On to Matt. Okay. So Matt says. Matt A. Matt A. This is not our brother. Um, if Gilmore Girls and Mad Men and Brooklyn Bridge from 1991, why not, had a baby, it would be the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, here's another one. Hmm. I like the idea of Gilmore Girls and Mad Men having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something I would enjoy. I loved season one so, so much. You guys know the premise, but for those unawares, in the late 1950s, after her husband abandons her, a Manhattan housewife discovers that she has a talent for stand-up comedy. Rachel Brosnahan, who was also great on Manhattan, that slow burn WGN show about the Manhattan Project is our titular character. Marin Hinkle and Tony Shalhoub are her conservative, disapproving, very Jewish parents. You had me at Tony Shalhoub. I know. Wings. <laughs> Wings all star. <laughs> um. Uh, everything having to do with the family is a riot. Less engaging to me was the stand-up comedy portion of the series. Alex Borston, notwithstanding, Alex Borston is profane and hilarious. But stand-up comedy in general makes me anxious. <laughs> what if the comic bombs? What if it's offensive? What if everyone else laughs and I don't? <laughs> or the reverse? <laughs> nope, don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Is this only live or... Like watching a stand-up on HBO, does this have your anxious feelings? I'm talking to Matt, and he can't answer. What about you? I I, I watching, see that. Watching stand-up comedy makes me very uncomfortable. I can see that live, but not on live. Not watching on TV. I, I... For the most part, I'm not a fan of stand-up comedy because it makes me uncomfortable because I see the ruse behind it when they're like, I had this girlfriend once who said this. I know they didn't, 
Like, oh, and I know it, they're it making probably you know it probably plays to your talk show aversion. Yes, it absolutely does. Where I can see that the talk show host will ask a leading question because yeah. they talked They've about it beforehand, it. <laughs> and I hate that so much. And so stand-up comedy does the exact same for me. It's like I sit there going, "You didn't. You were not on a bus. This. You were not on the subway. This did not happen. You know. <laughs> you just made up a story because it was funny. Yes. And you've told this story five hundred times, and you're acting like you haven't. Exactly. I get it. Yes. I get it. I hate it so much. And so there is very, very little stand-up that works for me. But man, I'm excited to watch the new Chris Rock one on Netflix. Well, there are certain stand-ups that work for me. Chris Rock is one. Uh, I like Jim Gaffigan. I, you know, there there are certain stand-up comedians that I you do like. You like Mike Birbiglia. I love Mike Birbiglia because he doesn't... They're more honest to me. They know that they're telling the same story. Hmm. They're, like, more self-aware than... They're not trying to, like... Oh, this just came to my mind. I had this girlfriend once. And, whoa. You know. (laughs) Dave Chappelle, he's good. Yes, yes. So, you know, I I can't sit there and just watch no-name stand-ups. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um... Okay, but the rest of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is, well, marvelous. There's even a subplot where she gets a job as a makeup girl at a department store for those people going through Mr. Selfridge withdrawal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm going through Mr. Selfridge withdrawal. The last season was just not good enough. Nope. (laughs) Maybe the last two seasons weren't good enough. Yeah, I'm not feeling any withdrawals. <laughs> but I'm intrigued because when Mr. Selfridge was good, it was good. Oh yeah, when it was <laughs> yeah, when it was good, it was great. Yep. Okay. Will and I began watching season three of Spartacus, subtitled Vengeance, which is technically season two because the Stars Network didn't consider it prequel season, Gods of the Arena, to be a real season. Very violent, very oversexed. Not normally my cup of tea, but it's a blast to podcast about. Check us out at SpartacaCast.com. Okay. <laughs> Weaseling in a little plug. <laughs> Weasel's not the right word. Squeezing in a little plug there. <laughs> Good for you, Matt. We'll plug it. We love it. Uh, SpartaCast.com. <laughs> All right. I don't know anything really about Spartacus or Vengeance or (laughs) anything he talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Not normally my cup of tea either, but I'm sure your podcast is hilarious. If the show's good or even maybe if it's bad, it's even a better podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I might just check it out. I'd do it for Matt. Absolutely. And yeah, I think Matt I watched, makes me laugh. I think, I, yes. I think I watched the first episode of Spartacus a long time ago and went, wow, I just saw like 20 boobs that I didn't need to see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, it was... So is this difference from like. <laughs> it just seemed like such gratuitous nudity all through it if if it's to show I'm thinking <laughs> but I was just like Ugh. and I'm not a prude I don't care about nudity but this just seemed like a little more than needed to be you know what I mean <laughs> like <laughs> we don't oh, yeah. have a real good plot but here's some boobs Here's some bibs and some bush. <laughs> so this is different than like Tony Curtis's Spartacus. Does it have anything to do with that? Tony Curtis's Spartacus. Oh, like the old show? Like, yeah, like I am I'm Spartacus. Spartacus. Um, wasn't that Martin Sheen? Um, Tony Curtis was in it. 
Oh, I thought Martin Shane was Spartacus. I think he was Spartacus. Well, I think it's that story. Okay. But no, they're not podcasting about like the I know they were the nineteen sixties <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's the same guy. Wait, I don't see Tony Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Douglas, Lawrence Olivier. What am I thinking of? Kurt Douglas. That's what I'm thinking. Not Martin Sheen. It's Kurt Douglas. Those two look too much alike not to mix them up once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just put in Tony in, uh, in IMDb, and the first name that comes up is Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> Spartacus, he is in it. Ha! He is Antonius. Oh, okay. Phew! My <laughs> old movie cred just flying right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I still got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm reading that, aren't I? No, I left. Okay. Okay. People raved about The Good Place. Here we go. I've now seen the first 23 episodes. I love the performances, especially Jamila Jamil as Tahani Al Jamil. Sorry, everyone, for that. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to hear you guys read that sentence. There you go. (laughs) I was laughing as I typed it. (laughs) I'm glad Emily got this one. (laughs) I was winner. (laughs) Plot-wise, I find it awfully thin. It's really high concept and clever, but whatever even happens during the course of 30 minutes, it's like too much gets reset at the end of each episode. And I'm not referring to when the characters were having their minds erased and their entire existences were literally being reset. It's tough for me to articulate my criticisms of this show, although I do like it for the most part. Well, there's two different uh, views on... I think Harold liked how they cut. Yeah, but Matt's isn't exactly negative either no not at all so i would call it a plug sure and intriguing to see what i would think of it (laughs) yep okay i already posted this in the yes mother group yes ma group he said (laughs) (laughs) i've been loving the expanse a sci-fi channel original series that was recently renewed for season three it's filling the hole in my heart that battlestar galactica left i love a good sport i love a good space opera i'm just going to copy paste an abridged description from a website based on the best-selling books the expense features three central characters tied together by a missing fourth a young woman who may be the key to ending the interplanetary conflict brewing between human factions on Earth, Mars, and across the asteroid belt. Slow to start, but I was hooked by the end of episode 4, which I described as a thrill ride. The production values and special effects are outstanding. Shahore Agadashlu. (laughs) Thanks again, Matt. (laughs) Plays a wonderfully complex UN official. One of those does bad things for good reasons kind of characters. The stuff relating to Thomas Jane's hard-boiled detective's investigation into the case of the missing girl in a seedy space station is not the best. But at the end of the first season, everything connects, and season two is supposedly even better. 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Can't. Wait, remember the can't. Hmm. Is that a in-joke in for the show? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> is that an in-joke for us? Is that something? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm excited. He recommended this, and I almost started watching it today. 
but decided not to. <laughs> decided to finish up something else. Let's <laughs> see. Okay. I I don't know. I'm very, very hit or miss on sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll give it a shot for sure. Okay. For sure. They have to be really special for me. Yeah. Because there's also a hole in my heart that Battlestar Galactica left. So. Hmm. I need something to fill that hole. You need to watch it again so we can do it and you can be like a good expert. That's true, <laughs> huh? That's yep. true. Maybe after you watch this you'll go like jazz to watch it again or something. Yes. Okay, Matt says, last minute edit. I just remembered something of interest to the Mormon and ex-Mormon on this podcast. (laughs) 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 Me and you, respectively. That's that's what we should call it. (laughs) Mormon, (laughs) ex-Mormon. I feel like we'd have to talk philosophy and religion more if we did that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) People would be, ooh, this will be interesting, and then be like, hey. <laughs> We're just talking about TV shows, and they both like them. <laughs> <laughs> and they get along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry. The only religious people depicted on the show thus far have been those of the white shirt and black tie variety. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is constructing a spaceship to take them into the outer reaches of the galaxy. <laughs> Perhaps to settle on a distant planet. My favorite bit is that their spaceship has a giant statue of the angel Moroni on it. Here's a picture. Oh, really? You just stopped her excitement. <laughs> really? <laughs> Did you click on the picture? No. I want to see how they depict the Mormons so much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. That is not the Moroni that's on the temples. They did did a bad job on Moroni. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like a child. And a little too, like, uh, Hellenistic. Yeah, and the the trumpet's a little too modern. Yeah. Not quite long enough. And Oh, but that is amazing, and I want to, okay. Bad job, but the um, LDS spaceship is very intriguing. <laughs> oh. But hey, the Mormon symbolism is not lost. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Okay. <clears throat> Season three of Crazy Ex Girlfriend just wrapped. <laughs> Harold and Matt watched the I same know. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's <is> roommates. <laughs> <laughs> season three of Crazy Ex Girlfriend just wrapped. Despite the slow start, including an awful season premiere, which was unchar- uncharacteristically mean and had no good songs, this season won me over. I don't think there's another show that puts its characters' mental illness at the forefront as strongly as this one. There was an episode this season that someone said was as emotional as the body from Buffy. Now, I wouldn't go that far, but it was pretty damn great and personal because I've dealt with depression and thoughts of suicide. Best songs of the season. Maybe she's not such a heinous bitch after all. (laughs) The ABBA-inspired first penis I saw. (laughs) (laughs) What could that be? Uh, Just trying to think of what tune or song they would have parodied for that. Uh, And Buttload of Cats, a.k.a. Fuckton of Cats. (laughs) (laughs) You got the Mormon to say that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of evidence that organisms in cat poop make you crazy. And pregnant women shouldn't handle it. Yes, that was from me. That was just a little factoid for you. (laughs) 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 
Yes, we saw that article in the Atlantic. And then we peed on the Atlantic. Hey, I never realized uncharacteristically was such a long, vipid word till I had to type it. Calm down, English language. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he says, I got my sadly former co-worker to start watching Buffy with her husband and 13-year-old daughter. I've been re-watching it, keeping pace with them. Such a great show. Can you believe there are people who have only seen Buffy once? Sue's one of them. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And I have not watched an episode since we wrapped. Ooh. And I have never, I mean, that is like unheard of. I think I might have like gotten my fill of Buffy for a while. But yeah. I totally have been wanting to get back into it. That's just weird, because, like, that's kind of what got me watching Buffy is... I remember sometimes when we were wrapping up, like, earlier Yes Mothers, you'd be like... We'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to bed. And you'd be like, well, I might watch a Buffy or two and then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Once I started watching it, and I, was like, okay. I just <laughs> constantly watched it until we finished, like... <laughs> Once I discovered it, it was like, uh, I was just always starting it over. <laughs> or else, I'm just going to watch season five. And then, of course, I'd go five, six, seven. <laughs> Can't just watch season five. <laughs> so, yeah, this is weird, and I need to watch it again. That is exactly why I got Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'll be checking out season three of Broadchurch soon. I need to go back to The Magicians, the Sci-Fi Channel's other excellent series. I can't believe they have two shows worth watching now. (laughs) I still haven't finished the first season of Star Trek Discovery. I've got two or three apps remaining. Pretty soon on Hubblecast. Check us out at (laughs) Hubblecast.com. Plug number two. (laughs) We'll be covering the premiere of The Number One Ladies Detective Agency. And I'm probably going to rewatch that whole series because it's so bip and delightful and only seven eps. Huh. Oh. I've heard of it. I have too. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I look forward to hearing what you two and everyone else is watching. Well, thanks, Matt. Well, thanks, Matt. Delightful is always. Always up for delightful. Yep. And, yeah, The Expanse I'm going to watch. I heard about that ladies' detective show on HBO. I'll check it out. We have HBO through Catherine, right? Yep. We we support family sharing. <laughs> we do. We do. We all have our own Netflix, but. Yeah. Other than that, we share. So... Yeah, and I still need to get caught up on the new Star Trek show. Dang, so much to watch. <laughs> um, all right. So our last feedback is from Val. Uh, she says, "Hi, Emily and Sue. Long time no long ass email. <laughs> <laughs> We've missed Val too." Totally. The good thing is we have the Facebook page, so whenever any of us see something really good, often we'll talk about it a little bit on the Facebook group at least. So I kind of keep up with what Val's watching. Right, right. Um, She says, I am feeling crappy and under the weather, so I'll just get right to it so I can hit the sack early and get some much needed rest. Oh, that's a bummer. Get well soon, Val. Yes. Uh, She says, I have a few series that I've started but still haven't finished. Maybe because Netflix keeps throwing out shiny new content out every week and I want to check out, (laughs) so I'm inundated. Yeah, I I get that. Hard to keep up. (laughs) It totally is. Um, Godless. Stalled on season five, or episode episode five. I have never been a big fan of Western genre, so this is a bit of a struggle to get through for me. 
But I watched because I wanted to see some actresses in it that I like. One being Michelle Dockery, hmm. Lady Mary from Downton Abbey. It's interesting seeing her play a frontier woman. Her American accent is always good. Aren't most Brits good at that? <laughs> Have you seen her series on TNT, Good Behavior? It might still be on demand. I really liked it and recommend. Yeah, Godless, I keep meaning to watch. I've had it recommended. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Western genre, so I, yeah, I think I, this will be right up my alley. <laughs> I see it on Netflix, too, but I haven't really been too interested because I'm not a huge fan of the Western genre, but I'm not opposed to it either. It's just like... Man, when it's done well, it's just so good. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm totally, I think Downton Abbey is the only thing I've seen Michelle Dockery in, so I am totally interested in seeing her in something else. I would like to hear her American accent. And yes, a lot of Brits are very good at it. I posted a video of Conan O'Brien with... um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Martin Friedman. Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. Freeman. <laughs> they discussed accents, and it is delightful. Did you watch it? I did watch it, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is like a delightful six minutes. I'll have to post that link. Yeah. In like four weeks when I remember. <laughs> well, yeah. Anything with Martin Freeman is quite delightful. Yeah. But, but you get their him discussion and Conan is... together and it's Oh my word. Adorable. I mean, Conan's accent is amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very Dickensian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, but yeah, Martin Freeman. Oh, he's just he's so You've seen Fargo, haven't you? Like, no, I still have not seen Fargo. What? How do do I watch it on HBO? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Is it HBO? Uh, I get to watch it on. No, I, I. No, it's not on HBO. You're gonna have to get. I think Catherine bought. Oh, is it on her Amazon? Yeah, I think she... I've got that info. <laughs> Okay. I got cats Amazon. If you've got cats info, I think she bought season one. Okay. So you can watch it there. And he plays like an not only an American, but an American with like a Fargo accent. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to. It's I know it's good. Oh, it's so good. But you know, it's not readily easy to watch. Right. Um, okay, back to Val. Uh, she says, dark. Stalled on episode seven. The ten- I'm stalled on episode three. I still haven't started it. Um, she says, the ten episode series, Netflix's first German production, is a multi-generational science fiction and horror tale set in a small town in the shadow of a mysterious installation in this case, a nuclear power plant. It involves children who go missing in other dimensions, nighttime searches, underground passages, and an elaborate hand-drawn map. Hmm. Yeah, I I gave up because I, I I liked it. It was like interesting, and I enjoyed it, and I I liked it a lot. But then I started hearing people talk and having people say, "Man, you've got to take notes," like. Uh. <laughs> It's so complicated with all these different generations and different timelines. And I just went, plus it's uh, not only take notes so you know what's going on, but um, subtitles. It's just, it's a lot. And I just, I backburnered it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that's that's a lot. That's that's a lot to ask of the audience. Yes, it is a lot to ask. <laughs> it better be really good. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> if you want me to do this, it better be worth it. <laughs> and honestly, it was good. But mm-hmm. I didn't take any notes. And I was already, like, done with three episodes. And I just thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to start it over? What's going on? <laughs> yes. Um, she says... When I saw the trailer, I was pretty excited for it. What I saw was interesting, but it didn't bowl me over. And I didn't always follow the storyline since it kept switching from the past to the future. And honestly, I couldn't even tell you the names of any characters. <laughs> and of course, it never helps when I watch a show or movie after 12 a.m. at night. I am just inviting trouble because I, I'll always nod off. I don't care how interesting and exciting something is on TV. I will fall asleep every time. <laughs> That is my husband. Yeah, that. I'm not. I'm not a sleeper like that. Yeah, I can stay awake as long as it's something I'm following and and interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, she says, "Okay, here are the shows I really liked and highly recommend. Everything sucks." This dropped last Friday on Amazon, and I watched right away. Some reviews said it was reminiscent of Freaks and Geeks, but set in the 90s. I noticed that. I've been interested in this. I just haven't gone to it yet. But I'm like, it's totally Freaks and Geeks. I've only seen, like, the pictures. I don't know anything about it. Um, She says, I don't think it was as well written as that show, but I thought it was cute and sweet. One of the young actors who plays the lead character, Luke, was a really good little it. It. <laughs> good little actor. <laughs> was a little good act- Oh, man, I missed a sentence. Okay. <laughs> One of the young actors who plays the lead character, Luke, was a really good little actor. I wasn't impressed that much. I wasn't impressed that much with the lead girl's acting, but she had one really good emotional monologue, so I gave her a pass since I was impressed by it. And damn it, a little tear rolled down my face. <laughs> I finished 10 eps in less than 24 hours, and I never do that. I think it helped that the eps were under 30 minutes. Hmm. So I clicked next step without hesitation. Speaking of episodes under 30 minutes, um, I loved End of the Effing World, another great Brit series. The running times of all eight episodes were between 18 and 22 minutes. That's brilliant for my short attention span. Here's the synopsis. James is 17 and is pretty sure he is a psychopath. Alyssa, also 17, is a cool and moody new girl at school. The pair make a connection and she persuades him to embark on a road trip in search of her real father. Uh, Love the two lead actors in this and the synopsis doesn't do the show justice. It's super quirky and really different. The lead guy was also in season three episode of Black Mirror called Shut Up and Dance. He was so good in that. He was so good in that, and we discussed the show, our last what we've been watching. Yeah. I wonder if Val's gone through both of them. <laughs> Possibly not, because she sent this today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll give Everything Sucks a try. Um, yeah, me too. I've been meaning to. Yeah. I just haven't heard much about it. I think it's a little bit too new. Yeah. Um, plus, I've been out in Wyoming. I've had like the last week off and was out in Wyoming. And and me, I'm still reading a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here we go. Also, have, have only got through the first ep of the French series, Lamont. Did you guys watch? <laughs> I did. Val, you haven't listened to our latest episode. (laughs) Busted. (laughs) You're so busted, Val. (laughs) Um, She says, the latest series I finished this week on Netflix was called Retribution. Check this one out, ASAP. It's only four eps, and they pack a lot of story in each ep. It originally aired on BBC in 2016 and was called One of Us. I tried to find a description that doesn't give away much. Um, after married childhood sweet- sweethearts Adam and Grace are murdered in their Edinburgh apartment, 
There are two families back in rural Scotland must cope with the tragedy. When a strange coincidence puts them in contact with the suspected killer, grief, vengeance, and the fragile bonds between family members begin to tear the mourners apart. As police get closer to solving the murder mystery, more secrets get revealed and numerous relationships come into question. And oh boy, are these secrets to be <laughs> revealed all over the place. <laughs> this is one of my shows I watched, actually. <laughs> oh, really? I yeah. haven't even seen it. I didn't. This hasn't even come up on my radar. Um, I thought it was like six eps, though, not four. Um, she says there were a few actors you might recognize from other British shows, but for the most part, they are new to me. Oh, you know who plays one of the police investigators? Actress from the last season of Breaking Bad. She played Lydia. If you don't recall, I'll just say one word to jog your memory. Stevia. Stevia? Stevia. I... I remember Lydia. She's the one that, like, always Didn't. ordered, like, hot water with lemon. Oh, and she Stevia, was... probably. Yeah, she was the <laughs> one that, like, got him... That's The right. chemical or something. She was the nervous lady with the tea. Yes. Or hot water. Yeah, okay. Because I watched this show, and I recognized her, but didn't know from where. Thank you, Val. <laughs> um, she says, uh, by the way, there's a film on Netflix called Repu Retribution, so make sure it's a series you check out. Yeah, there's a lady on a, in like a little rowboat, a blonde lady in a rowboat that looks sad on the right series. On the right, okay. <laughs> Uh, she says, in the last episode, when we found out why the couple were killed, the reveal was a little wackadoodle, but I still enjoyed the whole thing. <laughs> I'll save my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. She says, a couple good things I've seen on Amazon, too. Dark Angel. This is a British three-episode series. Thank you again, British Tilly. <laughs> that stars uh, Joanne Froggett, a.k.a. Anna Bates from Downton Abbey. Uh, this is the story of a troubled woman drawn, from, drawn ever deeper into a career of casual murder while her loved ones and friends, who are also her victims, never suspect a thing. Froggett plays the notorious Victorian prisoner, Marianne Cotton. Poisoner. Oh, Poisoner. <laughs> Marianne Cotton, a child of the Northeast England coalfields who dreamed of escaping the hard life of a miner's family. It was interesting seeing Froggett play this evil woman compared to the sweet Anna. She also was in a great series on the Sundance channel called Liar. I don't know if you can still find it on demand, but I highly recommend that series too. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to check out Dark Angel. I don't think I've heard of it. In fact, I think I started the first episode and got distracted and went, eh, I'll watch it later. And then never did. Um, and then the other one is Absentia. Synopsis. Oh, I've seen this and thought about watching it. Yeah, I think Doug and Ricky are watching this and are hyping it up on Facebook. Um, after years of assuming FBI agent Emily Byrne was a possible victim of serial killer Conrad Harlow. She has miraculously returned to her family. Emily, however, has to struggle with the mysteries with the mysteries of her captivity and the fact that everyone has moved on without her. This is a well-paced 10-episode series starring the actress from Castle, Stana Kadic, who is really good in this. It's such an emotional, physical role the series hits the ground running within the first minute. I was hooked right from the start. They kind of leave it open for a possible second season, but one season is just fine with me. No need to go any further. Hmm. I'm now more intrigued than I was. Yeah, so... So she's an FBI agent that they thought was a victim and then came back. Huh. Interesting. Um, Val says, saw some movies on Netflix. 
uh, before I awake, a young couple adopt an orphan child whose dreams and nightmares manifest phys physically as he sleeps. Not the best thriller, but boy, it had a couple of parts that made me jump out of my skin. The kid was played by Jacob Tremblay from Room, and I love that little actor, so I wanted to see this. Oh, yeah, he was also in Wonder. Oh, yeah. Um, we actually watched this in Wyoming this past weekend. Oh, did you? Yep. I didn't put it down as something I've been watching, but... I will just say... Uh, me, our brother Matt, my sister, our sister Kat, and then my sister-in-law Kristen all watched it just a couple nights ago. And, well, like three or four nights ago. And we all liked it quite a bit. It was a good premise. The little boy is adorable. I, I knew he looked familiar, but yeah, it's the little boy from Room. Um... We thought it was pretty well done. There was a couple super creepy, creepy parts. The one that creeped us out the most, Val, if you're listening, which I don't know now, um, <laughs> was... <laughs> that took me a minute. <laughs> ...was when he is dreaming about that other foster father's wife and he remembers her wrong. And if you've seen the movie, you'll know what we were talking about. And it creeped the crap out of all of us. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is we just thought that the dad, the foster dad, was casted kind of weird. And we kept calling him Nickelback. And any time he came on the screen, one of us had to be like, it's been a while. We had to, <laughs> we had to even though that's not a Nickelback song, it just kind of started. <laughs> I could not name you one Nickelback song. <laughs> Apparently that's not one. I thought, I don't know. When you did it, I'm like, oh, that's Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> no, we realized that's not Nickelback, but it still seemed to fit. And it made us giggle through the entire movie as we do. Because, <laughs> I don't know, there was something about the current foster dad that just seemed wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> but it's good, Before I Wake. It, it is good. It, it's on Netflix. It's a, it's, it's a pretty good little horror movie. Um, okay, she says, The Ritual. This horror flick was just okay. Took a little long to find out what the big bad was. Um, yeah, haven't seen that. Hmm. Um, watched a documentary on Gloria Allred called Seeing Allred. It was interesting since I didn't know much about her earlier life. Some parts were filmed a while ago. So there's one part where she's with a group of coworkers and they're all watching the numbers come in from the 2016 presidential election. Before that, they showed footage of her so optimistic about what we thought would be the outcome. So I was like, oh no, she was going to be crushed. This is going to be tough to watch. Well, the look on her face when she knew what the outcome would be, I knew the feeling too. <laughs> we all know that feeling. Yep. <laughs> um, she says, I still want to watch The Frozen Dead. Anyone try that one? And there's nope. a new series dropping tomorrow called Seven Seconds starring Regina King, who is one reason to watch. Yeah, haven't, nope. Um, so, have you guys seen any of the nominated Oscar films? I've seen All But the Post and Darkest Hours, which I am saving for last since it's the least interesting to me. Mainly just want to see it for Oldman's performance. He'll definitely win for that, along with Francis McDormick for Three Billboards. I'd say those are locks. My two faves were Shape of Water and Three Billboards. Not sure who I'd pick to win best pick yet, but I think it's between those two. The only one I've seen, I think, is The Post. And it was good. I didn't even know that the nominations were out. 
<clears throat> and haven't seen any of the three or four movies that you just mentioned. So I would have to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of I movies even, this year. I didn't even know the Oscars were nominated yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. Johnny Green went up for Phantom Thread soundtrack. Oh, awesome. Or score, I guess you could say. Awesome. I'm excited because he usually gets disqualified for something stupid. So he's actually nominated this year. Disqualified, like, mm, it's Radiohead, we can't. <laughs> 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 we gotta find a reason. Or else no. I'll just win everything. No, disqualified because, like, for the uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. The There Will Be Blood score, which was, I mean, legendary. He, uh, he had written 20 minutes of the entire score he had written before he started writing the score. So he had written 20 minutes of it oh. or, or at an earlier time. So it wasn't considered original, quote-unquote? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. The, uh... Whatever Oscars. The Oscars for original score are, like, um, kind of famous for being really persnickety. <laughs> They have a lot of really strange rules. It's Radiohead. We can't say Radiohead. Yeah. It's not John Williams. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, yeah. Eh, the Oscars. Whatevs. I know. Whatevs. Whatevs. I still care. <laughs> I can say whatevs all I want, but I care. <laughs> I'm always disappointed. <laughs> she says, okay, I'm going to take a shower now and pass out in bed. Say, hi, Simone. Or she says, hi, Simone and Bunny. Later. <laughs> yeah, hi, Bunny. Val says hi. Simone. She's sleeping on oh, her little doggy yeah, bed next bun, to me. <laughs> Bunny is just crashed out on the couch next to me. He didn't even open his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We got some feedback. We sure did. It's been a while. That's been a while. <laughs> <laughs>
Scout came in for one little dance with an apple, but she's gone again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I heard Scout again. (laughs) I hope you didn't. I pointed my finger to her bedroom with a stern look on my face. (laughs) No apple dance tonight. (laughs) 